And for a while, I've been planning on talking about money. Um, and now I feel it's the right time. And I think it's the right time um, because money is an important part in our life. To say it's not is to um, not be thinking in reality. It's something that we all have or wish we had more of or feel like we need more and, and it can bring a lot of stress in our life and can be a source of pain or disappointment in our life. So I think it's important because God wants to bring right thinking into our world in relation to our money, in relation to how we think about money. Um, and I was saying last week that I get a sense that God wants to move uh, us from a place of hopelessness in relation to how we view money or how we look at our life and our financial situation. And God wants us to move to a place of hope. So moving people from hopelessness to hope, we would think that in order for me to move from being hopeless uh, to having hope, um, the circumstances in my life would need to change. But but what God, what God encourages us that hope isn't from a circumstance or from a situation, but hope is when you have the presence of God, you have hope. There's a scripture in the Bible, I think it's in Romans, my mind is a bit off at the moment, I can't remember, but it says, we are not like people who do not have God and do not have hope. We have God and so we have hope. So God wants to bring hope in our life. And Paul, if, if you could, are you able to just pop that aircon off for us at the moment? Is that all right? Uh, not that one, the heater on the other side. Thanks, Paul. Do you know how to do that? No. Okay, no worries. Who knows? Anybody? Eddie, it's just a switch on the very corner. In that. Um, awesome. So God wants to do that with our life. And the other reason why I wanted to talk about money is because God wants us to give us a biblical perspective on money. God wants us to, to think um, biblically about our money. So that is the reason why we're doing it. Um, let's just pray before we get into it. Lord, would you help us to hear what you're wanting to say to us? Uh, we don't want to, Lord, just uh, live our life not knowing what to do or not knowing the things to think. But Lord, thank you that you have given us your word uh, to direct us and to guide us. Lord, you've given us your word to illuminate our thinking in our lives. So in the area of our finances and in the area of money, Lord, would you speak directly into our heart in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you've got your Bibles, would you turn with me to uh, 1 Timothy, First um, Timothy chapter 6. And we're going to, I'll read a, a portion of Scripture and then we'll spend some time going through it and hearing what God wants to say to us. So 1 Timothy, uh, chapter 6. Awesome. I found it. Uh, and let's read from verses 2 and then we're going to read all the way to verses 19. It's going to be good. It's fine. You'll make it. Uh, he says, Teach these truths, Timothy, and encourage everyone to obey them. Some false teachers uh, may deny these things, but these are the sound, wholesome teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they are the foundation for a godly life. Anyone who teaches anything different is both conceited and ignorant. Such a person has an unhealthy desire to quibble over the meaning of words. This stirs up arguments, ending in jealousy, fighting, slander, and evil suspicions. These people are always cause trouble. Their minds are corrupt and they don't tell the truth. To them, religion is just a way to get rich. 
Yet true religion with contentment is great wealth. After all, we didn't bring anything with us. We came into the, when we came into this world, we certainly cannot take anything with us when we die. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is at the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. But you, Timothy, belong to God. So run from all these evil things and follow what is right and good. Pursue a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight for what we believe. Hold tightly to, to the eternal life that God has given you, which you have confessed so well before many witnesses. And I command you before God who gives life to all and before Christ Jesus, who gave a good testimony before Pontius Pilate, that you obey his commands with all purity. Then no one can find fault with you from now until our Lord Jesus Christ returns. For at the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and only Almighty God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He alone, for, he, sorry, he alone can never die and He lives in light so brilliant that no human can approach Him. No one has ever seen Him nor ever will. To Him be honour and, and power forever. Amen. Tell those, in verse 19 it says, Tell those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which will soon be gone. But their trust should be in the living God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. Uh, they should be rich in good works and should give generously to those in need. Always uh, be ready to share with others whatever God has given you. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future uh, so that they may take a hold of real life. Well done. You made it to the end of verses 19. <laughs> it was a big passage. So we're going to break it down. But I love right at the beginning what we read there, Paul is talking to Timothy, who is a spiritual son to him. And he's trying to train him and equip him to be a good pastor. He's trying to help him to do, um, do the things that God had called Timothy to do. And I'm thankful for the, those father figures in my life that encourage me on a daily basis. Calvin is one of them. I get to talk with him and he encourages me. And, 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 and so I'm thankful for those figures that get to encourage. And that's what Paul is doing with Timothy. He's encouraging him and he's training him and equipping him. And what he brought to Timothy's attention is this... this um, problem in the church that Timothy was in is that there was a, a, a lot of people saying a lot of things and not all of them are true. There were false teachers, people that were trying to uh, distract and bring God's people away from what God had intended for them. Paul said they're, they're false teachers. You've got to be on guard. So what does he say in verses 2? He says, um, teach these truths, Timothy, and encourage everyone to obey them. Some false teachers may deny these things, 
but they are sound, wholesome teachings. Uh, and then what else does it say? And they are the foundation for a godly life. I want that, that word wholesome to be in your mind because when he compares the wholesome teaching that God is wanting to bring through Timothy to the teaching of the false teachers, he says, their minds are corrupt. And th- have anybody heard the term stinking thinking? And, and, and so you're saying these false teachers have some stinking thinking. And actually that word corrupt, if you look at the meaning of it, was literally meant rotten. And it's the picture of flesh that is rotten. You can imagine the smell. I think a, a mouse has died up in the roof near my office and there is a smell. <laughs> it's rotten. Uh, so I need to go and I need to find and I need to address it. I need to get rid of it. And that's what God is saying to Timothy. Don't let any stinking thinking get in your world or get in your way, especially in relation to your money. Are you with me? Because money is an area that can so easily be influenced to think in a way that is not productive or not the way that God wants us to think. So he's saying, would you hold on to my teachings? So God's wanting our, our, our thinking to be wholesome, not to be uh, rotten or corrupted. And that's not to say like, if you've got thoughts that don't align, it, no, God wants to give you hope to bring, bring you from where you are, from wherever you are, to where He wants you to be. There's hope for you. There's grace for you. So God wants our, our thinking to be aligned with Him. And, and so, so that's a key part of, of, of money is, is how we think about money and, and what are our perspectives on it. And then he goes on, Paul goes on to talk to Timothy in verses 6 to 8 uh, of chapter 6. He says, yet true religion... Because he talks about how these false teachers had, had an unhealthy focus on getting rich. An unhealthy, so they were, they were hoping their religion was a, a means to financial gain. That's what he says in verses 5. They had, they had in one part of their life, thought that their, their religion was an avenue to financial gain. There wasn't a, the issue was no longer about my relationship with God per se. It was now how can I parlay or use my relationship with God to get? And to gain. He says, no, don't do that. Because he says in verses six, true religion with contentment is great wealth. After all, we didn't bring anything with us when we came into the world, and we certainly cannot carry anything us with when we die. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. And you can see right there, Paul is addressing a condition in the hearts of the people that he was hoping to help. That is not a condition that is unsimilar to what we face in our life today. This area in our life and in our hearts that says, I need more. Are you with me? It's like, it's like, I feel like it's the treadmill. Like the picture in my mind is that rat on that race, you know, that on the treadmill is just running and running, trying to get that piece of cheese and trying to, trying to do it and expending all their energy, just going to chase this pursuit of more stuff because when I was and, and I listen I'm preaching to myself here and Sam has helped me so much in my in relation to how I view money and in relation to uh, I used to spend a lot of my, oh I, I used to spend and not save a lot and my spending this is going back a while now when I had lots of money <laughs> or when I didn't have the responsibilities that I now have you know what I'm saying I never had a lot of money but just clarifying but I, I play guitar and so I always wanted the next guitar and I always like, and when I got that guitar, I thought if I just have that, I'll be good. But uh-uh, because <laughs> then 
the next minute there's another piece of equipment that you don't have but your friend has. And, oh, they're wearing those. Sh- oh. And now Afterpay is a thing, you know what I'm saying? So this is, it, uh, people are making a lot of money because a, a lot of us, it, this, is a, this is a core human condition that thousands of years ago Paul is trying to address. And it, that, this message, it can be just like you've taken it from a preacher from today because it's just as relevant today as it was then. Is this, this idea of not being satisfied with the stuff in our life and pursuing gain as the primary focus of our life. And, and, and because it's so easy to want more stuff. It's so easy to, to need the next thing. But, but Paul is wanting to, to, to keep us away from the dangers. And we're going to get into that of an unhealthy focus on getting and an unhealthy focus on the more. And I, I also, I've got a picture in my mind of... Um, like if you were an archer and you, you've got a, a target in, and if you've any, I played golf and so my, my aim is no good. So I, my target is here and I, I actually hit my cousin with a golf ball yesterday. Your son, Calvin, sorry, he's okay. But I was aiming here and I hit him there. I was worried for a minute, but he's okay. But my target, my aim was off, but my target was good. But some of us in our life have the wrong target. So no matter how good your aim is, if you're shooting for the wrong target in your life, and now we're talking about if, if your purpose in life is to just get more stuff or if, because it's like this, it's like if I just had a certain amount of money, then my life would be good. If I just had that house by the beach, and, and, and we're going to get into this because material things are not evil. Money is not evil. But an unhealthy focus on those things is a trap and a snare if we let it get out of proportionate in our life. You know, if I, I used to have this conversation a lot with my colleagues because we were at work and the reason we were at work is because we needed money. <laughs> but, you know, we love our work too, but sometimes when the bosses aren't that nice or when things aren't going well, you go, why am I here? Oh, I'm here because I have to be here because I, I need to eat, you know. <laughs> And, and then we would have, my boss would come in and say, all right, guys, are we going to play the lotto today? And it was just like, mm. but they would say, and then the conversation would be, what would we do? What would we do? Have you ever had that thought? You know, what would you do with a certain amount of money? It's like, how much money is enough? Are you with me? Am I the only one that's ever had that thought? But God just doesn't want us to focus on on an unhealthy perspective on that because here's what he says. In, in the scripture, he says that true religion with contentment is great wealth. And what I, what I want us to see there is that when you have relationship with God, you already have all that you will ever need in your life. So God has made you rich by association and by relationship with Him. Is that crazy? God has made you rich in Him. So God is is wanting us to get off this this track of pursuing more stuff in order to be satisfied and to realise that our goal, our pursuit, our target is not more stuff, but it's actually relationship with God. 
And when you realise you do have relationship with God through Jesus, you're already, you're already on target, baby. You realise I am blessed. You can say I am blessed. You can say I am rich because you are rich in God. God has made you so rich. God has blessed you so abundantly in relationship with Him. And then He says true religion with contentment is great wealth. That, that word contentment is talking about being able to have your needs met. Because he goes on to say, if we have, so if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. There's something, and, and, and we're going to move into this next section now, but, but God is wanting us to, to, to not, is to get off that, that rat race that says, I need more stuff and to say, God, if I have you, I have more than enough. God, if I have relationship with you, Lord, I thank you that your word says here, I'll have enough money for my, and when it says food and clothing, it's talking about the necessities of life. So yes, your housing is included. Yes, the, 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 the school fees, I believe, are included for your children. What you need, God, God is including that in that, that term. It's not to be so descriptive and so, God, what, what can I, what is the magic number I can have, Lord? What is that, because like, you know, I want to have just, I want to have as much as what is, what is right. And, and, and so here's where I think the core of it comes down to. See, Paul is, is not wanting us to think specifically about how much money is too much money and how much money is not enough money. Because here, this scripture has been so misunderstood by a lot of people who read for the love of money is at the root of all kinds of evil and people hear that money is evil. People will feel that having money is wrong. But the Bible never says that about money. It never says, in fact, you know what? Throughout the Bible, it's an undeniable fact that as when God is in relationship with His people, financial blessing begins to flow in their life. You look at Abraham and you look at Solomon, you look at how wealthy they were, people who had great wealth. And you look at the examples of uh, people with great wealth doing great things for God. See, I'm here to, to I just want to like, you know, the stinking thinking thing. A part of the stinking thinking is to go that having too much money is wrong and, have, and being wealthy is somehow a sin. It's not. It's when the focus gets off God and onto the stuff before God. You know what I'm saying? It's like this. God is not so much concerned about how much money you have in your bank account as what is right or what, what is wrong. Or oh, here's another one. God is not so much concerned about how little, uh, and He does care about you. I'll get to the end of my statement and hopefully it makes sense. It's not the amount or the amount that you don't have that matters. It's how much space that amount or lack thereof takes up in your heart. How much space in your heart does your money or lack thereof take up in the space that God wants to occupy as a space of God I love and I worship you? Because because money is something that wants to bring you to a place of distraction and in a place of worship. And it even talks about it, that those who long to be rich will fall, can fall into the snare or a trap and the, the actual the idea is of when a hunter sets a trap for somebody, they bait it and they put a hook in the bait. And when they take the bait, they're hooked. So there's this, the money can be very deceptive. This love and this wanting of money can get very deceptive. But God doesn't want the, that thing to get in the space of your heart affection to Him. He, if anything, now this goes for anything, if anything moves into the space of your number one 
place of, of love and pursuit in your life. If anything replaces God, you need to get rid of it. You need to get it out of your heart as, a, as opposed to where, where God needs to be. And that can be anything. And that can be your, your job. That can be a relationship. If anything moves into the number one seat in your life, God wants you to, to cultivate like a gardener would cultivate the ground. They would take the weed out. You'd have to be, uh, you'd have to be on, on your game. And, and, and Paul says, listen, Timothy, pursue godliness, pursue righteousness. And the idea is like a, a predator would pursue prey. It would be wholeheartedly after the thing that it's going for. So God wants you to be so wholeheartedly concerned about the condition of your heart that you would pursue it that you would fight to keep the condition of your heart right and you would cultivate it and you would continually look at it and to say, and I'm not here saying, listen, every day of my life, money is not a, a, taken up residence in my heart because, hey, we are all human. So what do I need to do? I need to be aware. I need to be looking in. I need to be able to have a conversation with those around me and be open to feedback to say, Sheldon, something's going, mm-mm-mm. come on. Because God wants to do that. Because the danger is, I feel, if you've got lots of money, and I hope, you know, I would like lots of money. I'm not afraid to say that. I'd like more money than I have. But if you're in that place, the danger can be is that you move in from a place of trusting God to a place of trusting your finances. This is just the danger. This is just, I'm not saying this is the case for you if you have lots of money. This is not to make you feel bad if you have lots of money. But God wants us to be prepared for things that might trip us up in our journey. So if there is lots of money, He even goes on to say it in these following verses. In verses 19, He says, Tell those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money. So those are the dangers that you've got to watch for. And I think if we're in Australia, we might not feel like we're wealthy, but we are wealthy. You know, you might feel like you're struggling, but in, in the context, you're doing good. So we can totally relate to that. So God, how do I cultivate that? God, I don't want to trust in my money. I want to trust in you. So when you're looking at a circumstance and there's a need to be paid, how, how much money do I have in my account? Oh, it's not there. Oh, well, the, the Lord of money says no. God money says no today. God doesn't want that to be the place. God says, I am on the throne of your heart. Would you trust in me? Come on, would you trust in me? And that can be applied in every area of your life. Would you trust in me with the miracle? Would you trust in me with your your job? Would you trust in me that you know, uh, that I know what, what is there for you? And I think even... When there is a lack of money and when we're dealing with lack, God, God doesn't want that to take up residence in your heart above the place of His Lordship in your life. Don't let lack get in the way of you trusting and worshipping God as the number one and being able to say, God, you've got my back. God, you've got... Uh, because when, when we lack... We are not, we're, not at a, we're not at a danger of being proud in that sense, but when we lack, we can move very easily from faith into fear. Moving from believing God has got me into oh, fear. And, and I've felt that before. How am I going to pay for this? How am I going to do that? If anything moves into number one spot in your heart, 
Get rid of it if it's not God. Come on, cultivate it. Kick it out so you'll pay rent at least. You, you, God is number one in my life. Would you, would you feel that mission from God come to you? It's like Tom Cruise on Mission Impossible. Here's your mission if you choose to accept it. Would you tend the, 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 tend the, the ground of your heart? And ask yourself these questions as you go. This is not, again, I, I don't want you to walk away feeling condemned. I don't want you to walk away feeling like you're no good. I want you to walk away feeling like God has given you grace to live the way He wants you to live. So that money wouldn't become a place of pain and it wouldn't become a, a source of, of, of fear and it wouldn't be this, this trapping, but God would enable us to walk with it so it would be a tool in our hands, that it would be a, a place of blessing. Because here is the thing, some people have thought, and this is stinking thinking again, that it's more spiritual to be poor, that it's more spiritual to be just... Uh, but that is, not, that is not the right thinking. And just like it's not more spiritual to be poor, if you're rich, it doesn't make you more spiritual that you've got money. Are you with me? Again, it's not the amount, it's the amount of space that that takes up in your heart. But, but I, I know that God, God wants to bring financial blessing because guess what? He wants to encourage us in that area of our life because like I said, people in Scripture that had a lot, used it for the glory of God. They used it uh, to advance God's kingdom in our life. And, and, and so what to do if you ever find yourself with lots of money? Let's read that. Let's prepare for that, that day because it's undeniable. It's undeniable that God, when, when God comes into your life, blessing flows from that. But hear, me, hear what I'm saying and hear what I'm not saying. God doesn't guarantee you to be financially wealthy. God doesn't guarantee you to be rich. What God guarantees you is that your needs will be met. You can bank that. You can cash that check. So if you're facing situations right now that are in that need category, you can cash that and say, God, you got me. And guess what? God even says, "Thank God is so good because he even says, uh, tell those who are rich in this world, verses 17, not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which will soon be gone, but their trust should be in the living God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Can I get an amen? amen. Uh, that's in the Bible. So God isn't just this, and, and this is where our thinking needs to get reworked. God isn't just this really angry father figure, stingy father figure that will only give you just like 50 cents for the canteen or this and that. We need to rework our thinking of God. He's a loving Father that wants to bless you. And, and, and I love what Paul says in, in Philippians. He says, whether I have a lot or whether I have a little, I have learned to be content in God. I have learned what it means to have a lot. I have learned what it has, is to have a little because that is not my priority. That is not my focus. My focus is if I've got God, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So I want to tell you, you're rich. You are rich. You are rich because you have relationship with God. You are in the family of God. You're not poor. Are you with me today? You are spiritually blessed, man. That is better. And it's like this thing is, is God wants us to see that true riches are not found in the stuff that we have, but in the relationship that we have with God. That is true riches. Because Paul says you can't take anything with you from when you die 
into the next life. But what you can take with you is the relationship you form with God, the true riches. You can take that to the bank. You can take that with you because that is going to be the thing. Are you, are you getting something today? God is working with us. So He says, when I'm in that space, so, so, so when blessing flows into your life and, 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 it's, and I pray that over my life, but it isn't the focus of my life. It isn't the reason why I get up in the morning. And I think that's the key here. What is the focus of your life? What is the purpose of your life? And I would like to suggest to you that if the target of your life is related to financial or anything outside of God, what do you want me to do with my life? Then it's a wrong target and it's not going to leave you fulfilled. It might, see, that's, a, that's why it says it's a trap. Because the trap of wealth says, if you just have this, then you will be fulfilled. If you could just live or drive that car, then everything would be all right. But that's a trap. That's a trick. And God doesn't want you to get caught up in that. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Money is not evil, but an unhealthy focus will trip you up. Are you with me? You don't have to walk around feeling like you can't have money in your bank account. That's not, that's not the right thinking. It's like, what space in my world do I give that? I hope I'm making myself clear that God is, 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 uh, God is wanting to renew our thinking in that. So I keep trying to get to this point and then I get distracted. Verses 17, so tell those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in money, which will soon be God, but their trust gone, uh, but their trust should be in the living God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Amen. Uh, tell them to use their money to do good. Mm-hmm. We got no amen on that one. Uh, and that they should be rich in good works and they should give generously to those in need. Always be ready to share with others whatever God has given them. So Paul's saying the purpose of being wealthy is not to hoard. See, if you're lucky enough to be in that space where God blesses you financially, what would you do with that regard? It's like what I was saying before. What would I do if I had all that money? I would buy this or I'd buy that. I will do this and I'd do that. And it's all about me. But God's saying, I want to bless you so that you can bless others. This is a part of Christianity. This is a part of being in relationship with God, to be generous with your finances, to see needs, be ready to share. Because that's the something that I had in my mind. Is Imagine the parable of the Good Samaritan that saw somebody beaten up on the side of the road needing urgent medical attention. Imagine if that Good Samaritan only had enough money to buy his meal. I'm sorry, sir. I can't help you. I do not have the means to help you. But that good Samaritan had the financial means to put that person in a hotel, give them the medical attention they needed, the food and the shelter. He had enough to share to be a blessing to that person on the side of the road. And I believe that's a beautiful picture of what God wants to do when He blesses you financially. And and guess what? Blessing doesn't just come like, oh, when I I have, then I'm going to be easy to do. But it's a faith moment right there. It's a faith step. God might be asking you, just would you trust me if you step out and, 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 and maybe it's baby steps that God is wanting to use your finances to finance the, the furtherance of the kingdom of God. Come on, are you with me today? It's, it's not exciting when we talk about giving money. <laughs> Come on. But the Bible says more blessed to give than to receive. And, and I want to live in that. I want to walk more in that. 
Because it, it, it really is a counter-cultural counter thinking to go, God, thank you for your blessing, and the blessing isn't only for me and for my enjoyment, which it is a part of it, that's biblical, but it's so that I can be a blessing as well, so that I can be a blessing as well. So I believe today is such a great, a great message, and it might be challenging for you, and it might be hard for you to hear, but like I said, God has given you grace to walk this out with Him. So some homework. Would you sit with God? Last week, we, talk, we talked about reading Matthew 6 a couple of times. And if you were able to do that, that was great. So maybe this week, would you read this portion of Scripture and ask yourself, God, how much space is this money situation taken up in my heart? And let God speak to you. And here, if you want to be really brave, ask somebody that is really close to you as well. In fact, even look at some of the stuff that, where, where is your money going? Where are you spending it? Has, has generosity and, and giving, whether it's into the house of God or, or, or meeting the needs of people that you see, has that been a part of your life? And, and if not, don't feel condemned, but ask God to help you walk there. Because Paul finishes this whole book by saying this, may God's grace be with you all. That was the last verse in 1 Timothy. May God's grace be with you all. And, and as I pray, I'm going to pray for us all right now. That's going to be my prayer, that you would walk out of here feeling the empowering and the grace of God. So let's just pray. Won't you?